Chapter Ten of The Stolen Singer by Martha Fletcher Bellinger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Chapter Ten: The Heart of Youth. Agatha Redmond, can you hear me? She caught the voice faintly, as if it were a child's cry. I'm right here. Yes, only wait just a second. She could not instantly free herself from her sandy coverings, but she was wide awake almost at the first words James had spoken. Faint as the voice had been, she recognized the natural tones, the strongest he had uttered since coming out of the water. The night had grown cold and dark, and at first she was a trifle bewildered. She was also stiff and sore, almost beyond bearing. She had to creep along the sand to where Jim lay. The fire had burned wholly out, and the sand felt damp as she crawled over it. When she came near, she reached out her hand and laid it on Jim's forehead. He was shivering with cold. "'You poor man! And I sleeping while I ought to be taking care of you. I'll make the fire and get some milk. There is still a little left.' As she tried to make her aching bones lift her to her feet, she became aware that the man was fumbling at his coverings and trying to say something. She bent down to hear his words, which were incredibly faint. I don't want any fire or any milk. I only wanted to know if you were there, he said diffidently, as if ashamed of his childishness. She leaned over him, speaking gently and touching his head softly with her firm, cool hands. You're a little better now, aren't you, after your sleep? Don't you feel a little stronger? yes i'm better lots better he whispered i must have been sleeping for ages when i woke up i thought i had a beastly chill or something but i'm all right now only suddenly i felt as if i must know if you were there and if it was you he smiled at his own words and agatha was reassured i think you'll be still better for a little milk she said and crept away to get the pail which had been hidden on a shelf of rock when she came back with it james tried manfully to sit up but agatha slipped an arm under his neck in skilful nurse fashion and held the bucket while he drank almost greedily as he sank back on his bed he whispered you are very good to take care of me oh no i am only too glad and now i'm going to build up the fire again your hands are quite cold no don't go he pleaded please stay here i'm not cold any more and you must go to sleep again i ought not to have awakened you and really i didn't mean to yes you ought i've had lots of sleep i don't want any more it's dark but it's better than it was that other night isn't it said james much better answered agatha james visibly gathered strength from the milk and presently he took some more agatha watched and when he had finished patted him approvingly on the hand good boy you've done very well she cried i was so thirsty i thought the whole earth had run dry will you think me very ungrateful if i say now i wish it had been water oh no i wish so too but mr hunt could only get us a little bit from a spring for there isn't any other pail 
it was some time before jim made out to inquire who's mr hand he's the man that helped us out of the water when we became exhausted agatha hesitated to speak of the night's experience uncertain how far jim's memory carried him and not knowing how a sick man in his weakness might be affected still now that he seemed almost himself again save for the chill she ventured to refer to the event speaking in a matter-of-fact way as if such endurance tests were the most natural events in the world jane's speech was quite coherent and distinct but very slow as if the effort to speak came from the depths of a profound fatigue hand that's a good name for him i thought it was the hand of god which plucked me like david or jonah or some such person out of the seething billows but i didn't think of there being a man behind then after a long silence where is he he's gone off to find somebody to help us get away from here a carriage or wagon of some sort and some food and clothes something called jim to ejaculate though quite feebly you poor thing and then he asked very slowly where is here i don't know and mr hahn doesn't know and we've lost our tags laughed jim faintly agatha couldn't resist the laugh though the weakness in jim's voice was almost enough to make her weep as well yes we've lost our tags more's the pity mr hahn thinks we're either on the coast of maine or on an island somewhere near the coast i myself think it must at least be nova scotia or possibly newfoundland but hand will find out and be back soon and then we'll get away from here and go to some place where we'll all be comfortable agatha stole away and with much difficulty succeeded in kindling the fire again she tended it until a good steady heat spread over the rocks and then returned to james she curled up half sitting half lying against the rocks clouds had risen during the recent hours and it was much darker than the night before had been the ocean washing its million pebbles up on the little beach moaned and complained incessantly in the long intervals between their talk agatha's head would fall her eyes would close and she would almost sleep but an undercurrent of anxiety concerning her companion kept her always at the edge of consciousness james himself appeared to have no desire to sleep he was trying to piece together in his mind his conscious and unconscious memories at last he said i guess i haven't been much good for a while have i agatha considered before replying you were quite exhausted i think and we feared you might be ill and handy andy got my job she laughed outright at this as much for the feeling of reassurance it gave her as for the jest itself handy andy certainly had a job with us two on his hands she laughed i bet he did cried james with more vigor than he had shown before he's a great man i'm for him when's he coming back early in the morning i hope said agatha swallowing her misgivings that's good said james i think i'll be about and good for something myself by that time there was another long pause so long that agatha thought james must have gone to sleep again he thought likewise of her it appeared for when he next spoke 
it was in a careful whisper are you still awake agatha redmond yes indeed quite do you want anything yes a number of things first are you quite recovered from the trouble that night's awful trouble he seemed to be wholly lost as to time did you come off without any serious injury do you look like yourself strong and rosy-cheeked again agatha replied heartily to this and her answer appeared to satisfy james for the moment though she added here in the dark who can tell whether i have rosy cheeks or not true sighed james but his sigh was not an unhappy one presently he began once more i want to know too if you weren't surprised that i knew your name well yes a little when i had time to think about it how did you know it james laughed i meant to keep it a secret always but i guess i'll tell after all just you i got it from the program that sunday you know ah yes i understand she didn't quite understand at first for there had been other sundays and other songs but she could not weary him now with questions as they lay there the slow monotonous susurrus of the sea made a deep accompaniment to their words it was near and yet immeasurably far filling the universe with its soft but insistent sound and echoes of sound at the back of her mind agatha heard it always low threatening and strong but on the surface of her thoughts she was trying to decide what she ought to do she was thinking whether she might question her companion a little concerning himself when he answered her in part of his own accord you couldn't know who i am of course james hambleton of lynn jim jimmy jimsy bud i'm called most anything but i wanted to tell you in fact that's what i waked up expressly for i wanted to tell you he paused so long that agatha leaned over trying to see his face the violence of the chill had passed his eyes were wide open his face alarmingly pale she felt a sudden qualm of pain lest illness and exhaustion had wrought havoc in his frame deeper than she knew but as she bent over him his features lighted up with his rare smile an expression full of happiness and peace he lifted a hand feebly and she took it in both her own she felt that thus hand in hand they were nearer that thus she could better be of help to him i wanted to tell you he began again that whatever happens i'm glad i did it did what dear friend questioned agatha thinking in her heart that the fever had set his wits to wandering glad i followed the face and the voice he answered feebly agatha watched him closely torn with anxiety she couldn't bear to see him suffer this man who had so suddenly become a friend who had been so brave and unselfish for her sake who had been so cheerful throughout their night of trouble i told old alec james went on that i'd have to jump the fence but that was ages ago i've been harnessed down so long that i thought i'd gone to sleep sure enough agatha thought certainly that now he was delirious but she had no heart to stop his gentle earnestness 
he went on but you woke me up and i wouldn't have missed this last run not for anything twas a great night that night on the water with you and whatever happens i shall always think that worth living for yes well worth living for james's voice died away into incoherence and at last into silence agatha holding his hands in hers watched him as he sank away from her into some realm whither she could not follow either his hour of sanity and calmness had passed and fever had taken hold upon his system or fatigue mental and physical had overpowered him once more presently she dropped his hand gently looked to the coverings of his couch and settled herself down again to rest but no more sleep came to her eyes that night she thought over all that james had said remembering his words vividly then her thoughts went back over the years recalling she knew not what irrelevant matters from the past perhaps by some underlying law of association there came to her mind also the words of the song she had sung on the sunday which james had referred to free of my pain free of my burden of sorrow at last i shall see thee what ages it was since she had sung that song and this man this james hamilton it appeared had heard her sing it and somehow by fate he had been tossed into the same adventure with herself unconsciously agatha's generous heart began to swell with pride in james's strength and courage with gratitude for his goodness to her and with an almost motherly pity for his present plight she would admit no more than that but that she thought bound her to him by ties that would never break he would always be different to her by reason of that night in what she chose to term his splendid heroism she had seen him in his hour of strength that hour when the overman makes half-gods out of mortals it was the heart of youth plus the endurance of the man that had saved them both it had been a call to action dauntlessly answered and he himself had avowed that the struggle the effort even the final pain were worth living for thinking of his white face and feeble voice she prayed that the high gods might not regard them worth dying for End of chapter ten